Welcome to the Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. This week's episode is David Barrett of Expensify. David co-founded and is the CEO of Expensify, uh, the maker of expense reports that don't suck. It's a great company, great technology. We use it like crazy at Cruise Consulting and tell all of our clients to use it. David just gave us a tremendous interview here. He's so thoughtful, talked about how he's built Expensify, talked about his past experiences before Expensify. Really enjoyed this one. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Founders and Friends with David Barrett from Expensify. We really appreciate your time. It's quite an honor. We're at ExpensaCon in Maui. Thank you for putting on an incredible conference, and thanks for having us. No problem. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So you you gave an amazing presentation yesterday, which we actually just learned. You, you told us that was actually live stream. Like, I don't think you knew either. Yes, yes. Uh, somehow my team declined to notify me that the, uh, the <laughs> private, intimate conversation that we were having has been broadcast to hundreds of people around the world. So that's cool. And the, the best is there was a feature at the end. It was like, hey, we're going to keep this between us and the room here. Yes, uh, yes. Hey, but that's fine. So it's just between us and the rest of the world. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe you told a great kind of Expensify um, origin story yesterday. Do you mind just telling the audience that? Sure. Well, I mean, it's origin stories are tricky because it's unclear where you start. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, like my background is I'm a, a computer programmer. I've been uh, programming since I was six. I started with uh, computer graphics, uh, 3D graphics engines throughout middle school and high school and uh, worked in the University of Michigan Virtual Reality Lab. Uh, then I went into the game industry writing 3D graphics engines, um, got into peer-to-peer software, voice over IP, screen sharing, video conferencing. And uh, my last startup was a company called Red Swoosh. Um, uh, Travis Kalanick started the company. He hired me. I hired everyone else. Uh, we built this peer-to-peer content distribution um, network. Uh, we were acquired by Akamai in uh, April of 2007. And then I started Expensify, and then uh, uh, Travis started Uber. Uh, that's two amazing paths right there. Um, you said something in the talk yesterday where you're like, we actually started with prepaid virtual cards. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was maybe just explain that a little bit because I thought for all the entrepreneurs listening to this, you don't have to nail the idea rather out of the shoot. Like you kind of iterated. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, that's the challenge with good ideas is that they always seem terrible. And, and, and if, it's almost by necessity <laughs> because if the good idea actually was that good, it would have been done already. Yeah, yeah. And so the better the idea, the really the worst it needs to sound yeah. uh, because that's what keeps everyone else away. Um, and so I don't know. I think that that's not to say all bad ideas are good. Most of them are actually truly are yeah, bad. Yeah. But the best ideas really sound horrible. And the upshot of all of this means that you can't start off just getting freaking out too much about the particular idea. It's a journey. You need yeah. to just start the journey somewhere that's in, like, more important than it being a great idea is something that excites you because yeah. especially for the first years, uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it ever ends, but like, it's just, it's so much work and it, there's so much uh, struggle along the way and that you have to, you can't be motivated by, or and that can't be motivated exclusively by uh, this concept of this distant exit. Like, that's just too far away. Yeah. You need to just enjoy the day-to-day, and that just requires continuous inspiration. Yeah. So you, And then you did, like, this virtual credit card, and then you were kind of attaching expense reports to it. And all of a sudden, everyone was like, those expense report, virtual expense reports sound like an amazing idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the only reason we did expense reports was because it was the most boring thing I could think of. Yeah. And I needed the permission of the banks to launch this prepaid <laughs> debit card. Uh, and they were just tripped out by my idea. And so I think the, uh, it was basically my Trojan horse to launch this yeah. uh, financial product. And then I realized the Trojan horse was much better than everything else I was doing. And yeah. 
Uh, and so, yeah, so I think it's about just getting started on something, uh, getting excited about it, and then being really honest about what's working and what isn't, yeah. uh, and being uh, willing to adjust the plan as you go. Yeah, and you had another amazing point in the in the talk where you talked about how you never anticipate, or maybe you did anticipate a little bit, but people were telling you, you'll never ever get a high-fidelity picture of, an, of an, a receipt. And you're yeah. like, maybe talk about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, then that goes back to like, um, you know, all the bad ideas or all the good ideas sound bad. And maybe they were even were bad for a while, but then they become good. In this particular case, we started, it's like 2007, or 2008 rather, I'm talking about um, receipt, mobile receipt capture. And uh, the phones were terrible at the time. And they all had just awful, awful cameras. And we're like doing MMS and things like this, and it was just awful. Um, <laughs> Anything and, to get that to you guys, but yeah, yeah not working. Exactly. And so, uh, and everyone's like, David, this is a terrible <laughs> idea. The, the image quality isn't nearly good enough. No accountant is going to accept this blurry mess in front of it. Uh, and they were right. And then suddenly um, the iPhone got an autofocus camera. And so like this business model that simply wouldn't have worked suddenly becomes genius. Uh, that's amazing. And then you also talked about um, how you spread in the app store. Like no one had really built this kind of app. It maybe talk about that a little bit well, too. Yeah, because who would build a receipt scanning <laughs> app when the cameras can't do it? Uh, and it was only because we had no intention of actually following through with it that that we actually became known for receipt scanning at a time when it was, was impossible because we weren't going to build it anyway because we just wanted to get some notoriety such that we could pivot and do something else. Yeah. And so yeah, so we focused on you know this mobile receipt capture image and that inspired people and then. The, the technology sort of fin finally caught up with the vision and everything lined up. Yeah. And then the app stores are this brand new thing. And for the first time, you had the ability to acquire individual employees of companies all over the world at zero marginal cost. Because normally selling a consumer product is very, yeah. very expensive. Yeah. But this suddenly like just drops your biggest expense down to zero. Yeah. And it just changes the entire business model. There was a, p a point you made also in that talk where you said – you know, maybe uh, someone on the front lines, rank and file employee, starts using Expensify, and the next thing you know, they fill out their expense report using Expensify, and then it goes up to their uh, an executive or sure. someone who's managing them. That was a real. I, th I was like, oh, that's so smart. I hadn't even thought of that. It's so smart in retrospect, but it's not like it was. You know, we saw it coming or anything. Yeah. It was just that. First, I mean, there's so many good things about expense management as an industry. First, it's like uh, everyone just despises it so much. Like, um, you know, you, you might not like, like the size of your paycheck, but you don't really care where it comes from. So long as it's deposited yeah. automatically, it's like whatever. But yeah. you, you really, really grapple with and hate your expense reporting. So that's one thing. And then second, it's highly mobile. Like, you, you can make anything mobile if you want to, but there's really no reason to have, like, mobile payroll. I mean, you, it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. But, like, mobile expense tracking, like, it has to be. And so, therefore, it's a super pain point for the individual, super mobile, and right at the time when the app stores open up and autofocus cameras come along, um, and then it's like, okay, so that's cool, uh, but even that by itself wouldn't be enough. And then you realize that expense reporting is highly viral inside of a company because yep. every time you submit an expense report, you put us in touch with someone more important than you, like yep. your boss, your finance department, and things like this. And so there's like this, uh, this, this combination of things, many of which didn't even exist or couldn't have possibly been interpreted yeah. at a time. And so that's why I think it's like, don't do a ton of research. Don't try to like, you know, uh, play it safe. We're not, not to say that you can't play it safe. I think the safest way is just to jump in and start going, yeah. keep your costs very low, yeah. uh, and make sure that you have the longevity to find something that's great. Yeah. But don't, don't freak out about it not being great from the get. Yeah, and you, I, that's amazing advice. You also told a great story about how you'd been on a trip when you were working at Akamai, yeah. and you, you did something very insightful. Like, you actually experienced the problem. Do you mind telling that sure, story? Sure, yeah. And uh, I was trying to think. Um, <laughs> that was a great, this is a great story. My, uh, my, 
the last expense report I did before Expensify. And uh, it was basically, so my company, we take our whole company overseas for a month every year. And uh, we've done this basically every year, and this is Red Swoosh and Expensify as well. And so we'd just been acquired by Akamai. Um, and uh, we, we took the whole company to India for a month. And so everyone, so Akamai used Oracle iExpense, and everyone was just like dreading using this product. And, uh, and so therefore, uh, there, the dread was so potent that I offered to buy everyone's receipts for like 80 cents in the dollar, thinking I was just going to make bank because this is a great return. It's going to be so easy. And then I got back from this trip with this enormous pile of not just my own receipts, but like the entire team's receipts. Um, <laughs> How many thousands of dollars was that? Uh, like fifty thousand dollars? It had to be crazy. It was just crazy. It was just yeah. so much money. Uh, and then I uh, realized that's like okay, I sit down to do this expense report that I expense, and it was just, it was just the most painful thing in the world. I spent like a month on this one report, basically full time, <laughs> and uh, and so event- and eventually uh, I think I just gave up on a bunch of the receipts because I had no idea even what they were because yeah. they like scrawled in this handwriting and things like this. I'm like, oh, it's just it's the stupidest idea ever. But yes, and so that was my last experience with an expense report before. Yeah, five. that makes so much. That's awesome. So maybe just fast forward a little bit when you started getting traction, like how did you assemble your team? Like what were mm. some of the, you know, you probably had all these people you worked with. Like how did you pick your first five or first 10? Oh, it's so hard. Um, hiring is just the hardest thing in the world. And, um, and so actually, um, I would say the most important thing when starting is don't tell anyone. Um, because when you start the ideas, again, they sound awful. Yeah. And so if you're like, Hey, I got this idea. <laughs> what do you think? It's like, the only answer is that sounds terrible, yeah. but it doesn't mean anything because it's like, basically it, like if you ask someone for like their two seconds of thought on your idea, like why would you ex- even expect them to have anything meaningful to say? And so all you do by talking prematurely about your idea is just raise the stakes. And now it's like, rather than uh, failing silently and quietly, now it's like you're on a, on a, on a pedestal here. And so First, we, just, like, we didn't tell anyone, or rather, I didn't tell anyone except for Michelle, my wife, about Expensify for the first year. Wow. Um, and uh, the very first person I told was basically the person I wanted to hire as my co-founder, uh, Vitold Stankovic. And he was basically my first hire at the previous company. Um, and because uh, I knew that the most important conversation, um, I don't know in the history of the company, but probably, was basically getting him on board. Because yes. I didn't really have a ton of options in terms of like, really great people to work with. And I knew it was like it had to be him. Yeah. I didn't really have a You guys already worked together, too. So you exactly. knew there was a lot less risk there. You could yeah. do it together. Yeah. yeah, and we both had money from our acquisition. And so it's like we, it was everything lined up. And so yeah. I knew I had to make this yeah. work. And so I actually didn't talk to him about it at all until I had already uh, built a prototype. Um, and basically gotten approval of the banks, um, switched to expense reporting, uh, had all the approval of the networks and everything, and also been accepted to uh, launch at TechCrunch 50 in a couple wow. of months. And so I had all that basically totally silently. And then, so when I came to him, it wasn't with um, this ambiguous idea or even this thing that was clear, but like, you know, it's unclear, heading traction. Like, we was already, already moving. Yeah. And it was basically like, I need help launching at TechCrunch 50. After that, I don't know what happens. But like, can say, you just that, help me for this? Did that create like the adrenaline timeline for him? Oh, that kind yeah. of sucked him in a little bit? I think so. And you have to do that because, again, it's like good people have so many options. Yeah. And you can't be locking them up yeah. for too long. It's like, I just need your help with this one project for a few months, and then let's see what happens. Yeah. And then once we got into there, uh, then the reception was just so strong, and everything was going so well. Um, then we were able to say, like, okay, cool, let's do this long-term sort of thing. And that's, that was hire number one. Uh, hires number um, two and three were also the two people, two people who had worked at Red Swoosh as well. Wow. And so I was basically that's like amazing. plucking my previous yeah. team. Um, and so that's how the first four people came. Um, after that, we started um, – but then we, like our, our sort of networks ran out. Yeah. Um, and so then we just – 
trying to think how actually uh, where we found the next people is tough. There's yeah. like really no good answer. Yeah. Even now, like we spend so much time in hiring and we hire so few people yeah. because it's like uh, getting good. Like it's easy to hire if you don't care who you hire, but if you care, um, it just limits the choices down so far. Yeah. And so we, we I, haven't found a, a, a perfect process. I want to compliment right? you though. Cause you're the team, like kind of the second level of the team, right below the senior executives like you mm-hmm. is so strong. Like in there, they're all young and hungry. And like Matt Donaldson, who's like mm-hmm. our main contact guy is a yeah, superstar. Is the best. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. But there, I think I've met like five other kind of versions of him that are just like, seem super go getters and mm-hmm. they're good communicators. It's you're doing something right. Whatever you're doing, your hiring process is working. <laughs> good. Well, it's uh, I think the, the number one, one thing is patience yeah. um, is making sure that you resist the temptation just to accept someone just because they can do the work. Yeah. Because I mean, if your only threshold is like, are they going to add incremental value? I think that's too low because it's like every person you, you add um, adds at best an, a linear increase in productivity, uh, but they add an exponential increase in overhead because it's a, a conversation with everyone. Yeah. And so therefore, like at some point, uh, every uh, hire you add actually reduces total productivity because they bring more of a burden than they do in actual productivity. Yeah. And the only way to fight that curve is to make sure that first you have the fewest people possible and be as lean as possible such that you're resisting an exponential growth and then everyone has the highest sort of linear contribution. And, um, and so, yes, I think it's about making sure it's not good enough that this person can, can just do the work or that they do the work and, they be, and they're cool, but rather uh, these are people that we actually want to hang with on the beach, we're going to yeah. work hard with, and you're going to trust their good, intuitive judgment. Yeah. Is there, and one of the things you guys do is you take the whole team abroad for a month. Yeah. Is that a, are you a traveler at heart, or what's kind of, is there a, a fun part of that and an ROI part of that? Well, oh, what's there, your thinking? There are so many interesting ramifications yeah. to it. So yes, I'm in my background, I've been traveling a bunch. Um, and a lot of our team is basically like very accomplished world travels as well. And uh, it's a totally different experience. Indeed, I would say the best experiences when traveling um, happen after you're bored. Uh, it basically happens after you've been in a place too long, long enough that it's like, it's just lost all its novelty. And now it's just like, I'm just there. And, um, and so that's why we pick a month because it's long enough to be a little bit too long. Because like if you're on vacation for a month, it actually it's like it gets kind of old. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're a real sort of um, a proactive overachiever. And yeah. so we choose a nice long period, uh, and we, then we choose basically um, that's, uh, a country that's relatively inexpensive, so you can live like a king. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three, we choose a, a pretty small town so that you can actually learn it really fast. Uh, and uh, and so therefore we whole team will show up. We show up in this one small town. And you pretty much see everything in the first week. And then uh, by week two, you're like, I've really seen everything and I've become a regular at a few places. Um, and then like the th- weeks three and four get really interesting because then you're just living in this place in this side of the world. And um, it's such a great experience and it's hard for anyone who has a job to have that experience. Yeah. And so it's a great perk in a way to create that experience. But even that, the, the perk is really not the benefit. And uh, I would say the real benefit is it takes everyone out of their normal flow and it puts, puts them to a different, much more flexible mindset where it's like, now we need to grapple with things like, I don't have reliable power, I don't have the internet. And it's like, how does it change my workflow? Yeah. And like, am I too dependent upon my desk and like sitting in this particular place in the first place? And, and it causes everyone to rethink their processes and realize, actually, I didn't really need that stuff in the first place. And it was like really slowing me down. Um, and so I think that it's about creating this very different mental environment, uh, getting people sort of to rethink all their processes um, and to uh, just try and think bigger. And then next, I would say, if you keep digging layer after layer of the benefits, I would say, is that uh, it creates the time to have conversations that you just wouldn't have in the office. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like, 
you know, we're on this train in the middle of the jungle and uh, we don't have any power or internet and all we have are a couple bottles of whiskey. And so I was like, you start having really interesting conversations that you just wouldn't have normally. But I would say, even all of that, the best fe- possible feature, <laughs> and this is, a, is that um, it's tough. It's a tough and it's an uncomfortable environment. We pick places that are hot, they're dirty, we don't know the language, we don't know the culture, and, um, and a lot of traveling sucks. It's just, like, just really not fun. Yeah. And uh, it, makes, it makes people sort of um, anxious, and I'd say it brings problems to the surface, problems that you could actually sort of let simmer in it for a long time uh-huh. in the office. Uh, are hard to let someone in this sort of yeah. environment. And so it makes problems that you should be dealing with, but you might not know about. It sort of bubble to the surface and then get taken care That's of. That's a really cool observation. And, and I would say basically after every single offshore, which is what we call them, um, I would say a couple of people will either get quit or fired. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and it's good because a major part of hiring is firing yeah. and making sure that, yes, you want to bring the right people onto the team, but you also want to make sure that the people there are, are still right for the team. Yeah. And maybe they were great a while ago, but maybe they're no longer great. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, this, there's so many benefits I can go on and on about. It. Those are like 20 word, amazing words of wisdom there. <laughs> you know, the other thing is your team has like a real bond. Like you see it. Like I turned to Vanessa like within an hour of being here and was like, these people really like each other. Like they <laughs> really have a tight bond. No, it's, it's really true. So, so that's, that's yeah. amazing. I mean, I think there's a lot of things. We we invest a tremendous amount of time and money into our team because yeah. we recognize it's our most powerful asset. Yeah. So I want to be very respectful of your time. So maybe just kind of one more question. One of the, the things that I really loved about the presentation yesterday was how you guys are going towards all the data you've aggregated and you're introducing some new features and you're bringing artificial intelligence to Expensify. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, so... I would say that, um, so as I described earlier, I initially had no interest in Accenture reports. It's not like this is, you know, the thing that when I was a child really clamoring for. Yeah. And I didn't, didn't go, get in for the chicks either. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'd say we sort of fell into this space. And, um, and the more we got into it, the more we realized that this is such an incredible space. It has so much uh, powerful data and there's so many interesting things we can do. Um, but it's clear that the product arc where we need to go is uh, to make Expensify disappear. It should just be something that you just... Every time you think of us, we've done something wrong. It means that we didn't anticipate your needs well enough. We didn't capture the receipt automatically, whatever it is. And so from a product perspective, we're aiming to be used as infrequently as necessary and for you to leave as fast as possible. And it's a very unusual product design because our best case scenario is that you forget that we exist. Yeah. But it's kind of like Google. Google was powerful because they sent the traffic away from Google. You know, that's yeah. what made them so strong. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that uh, and for the, just like Google, I think that we recognize that the value of what we do is not the workflow, that though, it, that, though that is valuable. Uh, the real value is all the data that we accumulate mm-hmm. because it constructs an uh, incredibly accurate picture of your past preferences. And with integration with uh, business travel, it means that we know all of your future needs as yeah. well. And so being able to connect the dots and provide a highly personalized travel experience that is um, steeped in this milieu of data, of not just yours, but your coworkers and the entire industries. Um, I think that we have a, a huge range of applications that can be built on top of expense management as a platform. Uh, even while expense management as a product just completely disappears yeah. in the background. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're huge fans of Expensify at Cruise Consulting. Tell all of our companies to use it. Do you want to just maybe give the audience just a real, everyone knows who you guys are, but maybe tell them how to get a hold of Expensify if they're interested in using the product? It's very easy. So go to Expensify.com, uh, search for Expensify in the App Store. Uh, my email address is david at Expensify.com. Email me with any questions you have, and I'll make sure they get taken care of. Uh, that's, that's the Jeff Bezos uh, school of email there. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't know. No, but... yeah, you can email Bezos, and he'll Really? Yeah. You're doing the same thing. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Dave. Really appreciate it. Thank you.